This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. the rack podcast featuring brooklyn rob and big mike rob what's good homie well mike i've been uh working the beat this week i'm like i might mike i might be the new bowling media the hot the hot media journalist out here because I've been working for the people this week. So we're gonna drop. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna drop a good one tonight. Good. A good. Uh, a good story. I've been working on. Um, you know, I've been getting all ends of it. I've been reaching out. I've been trying to get some research done because it's a, it's a pretty good topic that nobody, Mike, in the bowling world, nobody has brought up or or spoken about. I don't think it's really like well known about what I'm going to talk about. So this might be a bomb dropped on a lot of different uh, aspects of the bowling world, but we'll get into that after our, our, uh, are you saying, are you saying that this, that this has the potential to actually be a serious show tonight? Is that what you're saying, Rob? Yes. Um, I I think so. Usually, usually we're not serious at all. Right. A couple no. weeks ago, I mean, a couple weeks ago, we were making uh, poop in box, poop in box jokes, poop in thumbhole jokes. Are you saying that we're going down a more serious road tonight here? A little bit. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a bomb. I'm going to drop. It's not a huge bomb, but I think it's definitely something no. people are going to be interested in. But it's um, a, it's a. Listen, it's a. I think it's a, it's a worthy story. It is right, and and I think that. It's a story, really, that that possibly only this podcast uh, could could rightfully get into, right? Or like get into in the right way is is what I'm trying to to say. Yeah. So uh, I found right, we'll we'll we'll, we'll tease we'll tease the people and we'll put that on the back burner and uh, we'll give the people what they really come here for, which is to hear about our horrendous league bowling. So, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Okay, I'll go first because your stories are usually a little bit more entertaining than my stories, but I do have a good one that happened at League uh, Tuesday night. So I bowled 600 even. Um, I won all my points and shot 600 as the anchor bowler. So I wasn't really mad about it leaving. I mean, I didn't bowl great, obviously. But when you take all three of your points and series and shoot 600 scratch in a handicap league, I ain't going to be mad about it. All right. Um, it just shows you that, look, the lanes aren't great. Um, look, no excuses. I'm, I'm not really bowling that much in the last few weeks. I've taken some time off because my uh, I think I hurt my knee um, bowling or working out. So I'm trying to keep off of it. But, yeah, Um 600 but here's a great story so guy gets up in the last shot in the last frame keep in mind he's missed two 10 pins in the first two 
games in a 10 frame. One in the first game, he missed the 10 pin to force me to double to win the game for the team. And so I struck out and we won the game by two pins. Okay. So the second game he gets up, he needs a think double to beat me in my point and he stone tens and he misses it. So he gets up in the third game and what does he do? He leaves a 10 pin, but here's where the, he put the ball through the roof, Mike of the bowling center. Oh, you're on mute. Purposefully. No, I think it's stuck on his thumb. I have a picture of it. Oh. So the ball literally gets stuck on his thumb and it hits the roof. It puts a hole in it and then it lands and there's all shit everywhere. Mm. And I get up and I'm just like, all right, I strike whatever spare to win my point. Ball still sitting on the lane. I hear them go. I, I don't know this team. I don't know them. I'm, I'm still kind of a stranger in the league. I don't know a lot of people. I hear someone say in the back to the front desk, Hey man, your your ceiling scratched my ball. <laughs> I, was like, I thought it was like the quarter of the night. I was dying. I was just like, yo, like it reminds me of that scene of Caddyshack where he puts the anchor and the boat, and he goes, yo, your boat scratched my anchor. It was literally right out of Rodney's uh, uh, playbook. So anyway, um, yo, we got some spam private dating chat girls in the chat. I like it. Yo, sneak it in my you, DM. That's probably, that's probably from what you're googling in your in yo. your free personal time. Sneak up That's why those are popping up. Yo, sneak up in my DMs. Let me know where I could get some of that action. Anyway, um, so yeah, that was my league night. Uh, I figured it was just a funny story. He put the ball through the roof. So no, that's a, that's that's an that's an amazing story. You know, yeah. you don't you you don't see that happen like on the regular. You know, no, I'll see. Actually, I have a picture. I'll see if I can get it up and share it uh, before your uh, you finish your league story. But so that was my what, how, how's things going? Did anybody did any cops get called in your league? Uh, your Tuesday night. No, no, it's been it's been cool the last few weeks. Everything cooled off. Everything's calm. Everything's fine. Uh, we had our most people yet. Nice. Most That's people important. yet. Uh, first week was fourteen. Second week was fourteen. This week was seventeen. So we had seventeen people. Not bad. Um, yeah. I, I personally, we bowled on the long pattern. Statue of Liberty. Uh, very very interesting pattern too. Like. One of those patterns that's very scorable if you're if you're making consistent good shots, but very easy to uh, make an error on it as well. So re- really interesting pattern, uh, long pattern. And uh, personally, I, man, I threw so many good shots, so many good shots. But then every game, there were at least you know one, two, maybe three. Uh, really just horrendous shots. And like I always I always felt like I knew what was going on. I knew my ball reaction. I left the big four twice when when I you know the ball went high and I probably should have moved previous to that. But uh threw it well, didn't win much, didn't win any pots, didn't even really sniff any pots, didn't sniff any card games, nothing. So I had pretty much a lackluster night. I went one one fifty something the first game because again I just Two, I think that was the game I threw three three horrendous shots uh, out the window, and then the second game I shot two oh nine, I believe, and then the third game I think I was two oh six. So uh, scratch, I was like five fifty, five sixty. Um, so not too bad, you know. I, I wasn't I wasn't too mad at that, but uh, I definitely left a ton out there. Like if I just could have 
made some better shots and whatnot. But uh, you know, had a good time. I, I, I got to be honest. Like this, this thing that I started, I like this much better than league bowling. You know, especially for the sport environment. You know, because the the, the sport environment is different to do the to do the thirty six week grind on the sport uh, environment is is tough. But doing nine week sessions and having the option to show up and you know whatever you want to do, it's kind of flexible. Uh, listen, I mean, I don't know. I think I think that it's pretty good working out pretty good. So, dude, I would love that not having a commitment. And if I feel like going, I go. And if I don't, no, no big deal. I love that uh, having like essentially a flexible like league environment. But you don't, you're not committed to show up. How many times, even when you were bowling your sport league, Mike, last year, how many times like did you even you had a force to go? That maybe you didn't want to go, maybe you had stuff to do, but you still went because you felt committed, right? Yep. Oh, a lot, a lot. I mean, especially when when the weather gets nicer and there's more options of things to do, you know, or if there's times of the year where I'm really busy, then yeah, like I I, I really like the flexibility. Um, so you know, I, I want to try and grow it. Like we've all, we had 17 people, but what keeps happening is that new faces keep showing up each week. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that as we go along, uh, more of those new faces show up together as opposed to like a few this week, a few that week, a few this week, a few that week. Have you considered it, running brackets? Like remember we no. used to Friday night brackets? Like mm, at yeah, I hear you. That, that, that wouldn't be a bad component either. Um, we, we're running an eliminator. At this point, we're running a card game that, that's games one and three. Doesn't run game two. Um, Dude, you know, so like people, you can you can start like I mean, start small like you know, minimum four brackets everybody gets in, and then I'm sure you could fill up you know five, six, eight brackets. Yeah, but see, here's the here's the problem. I think increasing the price is is an issue. What? What? It's optional. The brackets. I mean, you you know, it's not. They don't have to go in if they don't want it. I would get a feel for. Yeah, the I don't people. think I don't think we'd get enough guys. Ask, ask. It wouldn't hurt. I would ask around. I would just make an announcement and be like, "Hey, if we run brackets, how many people would get it?" Because really, all you need is eight out of the seventeen to get in, right? I know, but I think see the, when you're talking about when we bowled in Brooklyn, that that I don't. I mean, I don't want to tell you what happened in Brooklyn, <laughs> but uh, that's not how it ran, Hoss. The way they ran it was your entry guaranteed you x amount of brackets so so you paid your upfront money for the lineage right and then forty dollars right that money guaranteed you three brackets right so in order to do something like that you got to add on a minimum of you know 15 bucks if you're running a five dollar bracket i was gonna do a three dollar bracket three dollar brackets is probably maybe the way to go people might want to do that more than five dollar brackets right but still we're already at 32 bucks so if I add another nine and we bring it up to forty-one, yeah, I don't know. I mean, now, now I think, I mean, just see, if, just make it optional if they don't want to go in. If you only get one or two people, you just give refunds. I mean, yeah, no, I, and and I could actually, you know, you're giving me an idea here. Like, so I had a question as to what I was going to do schedule-wise with this, right? So we're, we're, I was planning for a nine-week run that was going to end on like the last week of November. Okay. And then I was kind of thinking like, all right, well, we'll take the month of December off and the first week of January off and we'll come back. 
right, we'll take the holidays off and we'll come back after the holiday, right? Then when I said that to a couple guys, they were like, ah, I I would kind of like to keep going. And one guy made the point that, you know, hey, if we take a five-week break, who knows who comes back after that five-week break? Like if we have a momentum going, maybe we want to keep that momentum going. So you're actually making me think, um, you know, maybe instead of jumping right back in during the holiday season, right, maybe run a separate bracket thing during the holiday season. See what it does. Yeah, separately say, okay, now we're switching it up for the next four weeks. It's going to be $40 to bowl. You're in three brackets. It's handicap. You bowl your three games. Anything else side action you want is fine, and that's that. You know, I could try that and see if there's interest in that. Because I, I still might. have six weeks to promote that and ask people, hey, is this something that you might be into? Try uh, Robert yeah. Hamilton is asking if we're doing – oh, sorry, if we're doing the blind doubles. Uh, we are. Yeah, we are. So here the format is each game pays a singles and doubles pot. Each game pays first place singles, second place singles, first place doubles, second place doubles. The singles pot is definitely the focus where that's that's where the bulk of the of the money is, but the doubles pot isn't bad either. I mean, uh, with seventeen guys, I think we paid thirty five first singles, and I think it was thirty first doubles. So you know, I mean, listen, it ain't a ton of money, but you know, it, it, it ain't a lot of money at all, actually. But it allows people to come out, bowl something competitive, practice, you know, experience the sport bowling. You know, and uh, you know, like I said, I, I I think it's going well. So we continue on. We press oh, forward. What I said, good job with that, man. That's awesome. I think everybody should try to do something like that. Yeah, I'm um, trying to encourage Mike, people, man. Like that's why I talk about it on the podcast to let people know, like you know, get out there, start your own little thing. You know, start your own grassroots movement out there. But you know, can I say something, Rob? Sure. The scratch bowlers, the better bowlers, right? And I'm not a scratch bowler, but I would definitely put myself in the category of one of the one of the you know better bowlers, potential to bowl really good. Oh my God, look at this! So uh, people people can examine the picture while I. That's pretty far out on the lane, isn't it? That's where folks who are just listening to this. Rob brought up the picture of the hole in the ceiling. Is that pretty far out on the lane? Okay, yeah, well, it's impressive. I'm actually impressed by that. Yeah. Uh, the, the scratch bowlers, the, the better bowlers, honestly, they they don't want the handicap players to win. Okay? And I get it. I totally get it. But here's the problem with that. In order to get the, the guys who are going to struggle in the sport to come back, you got to let them at least taste a little bit of success or sniff success. Okay? You know, like a guy, came, a, a guy came out Tuesday night. A guy came out Tuesday night who was a 150 average sport, okay, 171 average house, just started bowling two-handed, loves the sport conditions, loves the challenge of it, okay? His mind was blown the first time he bowled on some sports stuff and saw how hard it was. He comes out 150 average, so he's getting like 60 pins a game, okay? One game, he shoots 170-something. Okay, his other games were lower, but the one one game he shoots one seventy something. That game, like two fifty, won the pot two fifty something. And I told, I was able to tell him, like, listen, if you made two more spares in that game, you would have won the pot. 
Now, what does that do? That that you know, his eyes like lit up like yeah, makes really. Wanna... And I told him, yeah, it's not even about a strike. If you would have made this spare and this spare, you would have won the pot. Now he feels like I got a reason to go out and try and practice that spare or get a little bit better. You know, I'm right there. But without the handicap, can't do it. I also want to bring this up real quick. Oh, God, this I, I can't believe I didn't say something to you about this before. You want to know what someone made me aware of this week, Rob, that I was not aware of at all? That tennis has a handicapping system. Are you yeah. aware of this? No. Okay. So I'm talking to a parent in my, oh my for my daughter's soccer team, and he plays tennis, and we're talking back and forth. And he says, yeah, well, you know, Tennis has a handicapping system. I said, what? I'm like, handicapping system? How does that work? He says, well, the USTA rates players on a scale from, I think I, I forget what it was. I think it was like from a, from a two all the way up. He said he doesn't know how high the scale goes because he's a lower-end player. But they're, they rate players. So a player could be a, a 2.33 or a 2.75 or 3.50, right? And how it works is you you only play against players in your number bracket. So if you're a 1 and you're and you're on a competitive tennis team and you go to a match, you're going to play against somebody who's from a 1 to a 1.99. Is and if like that person chess? what? They like chess. I don't know. I don't know how chess think, works either. I think chess has a ranking system like that where they rank you and then it's the same kind of deal, I believe. Does anyone in the chat know anything about this? I'm not, I'm not making this up. I mean, this was a, a, a long conversation I had with this guy. He even brought up the statistics to show me like where everyone on his team is ranked and how and how they match up to the teams they play because everything is split up by these rankings. And I thought to myself, I even said to him, I said, you know, bowling. <laughs> I want to want to clarify. This is a Southeastern Asian guy that I'm talking to. Okay. And I say to him, oh man, bowling's handicap system is completely broken. I'm like, this sounds like it might even be a better idea than what we currently have. And he's probably never heard of bowling in his life. But what, what say you, Rob, what, what would you think about something like that in bowling where every player has a rating a ranking? There's a number system, and who's like coming up with the ratings, who's coming up with the rankings? That would be the hard part. The USBC is. Oh God, you trust them to do that? Who's going to do it? I do what actually. Kind of, what kind I of do manpower actually. are they going to be able to rank like normal like league bowlers? Like they're going to have to what center representative? Um, so cemetery bowling. That's a, that's a strange name. I like says, that picture too. The says yeah, tennis is ranked up to eight. I'm a three, so uh, if I went to a tournament, I'd be playing against other threes. So would the in bowl like so? If you turn it to bowling, does the USBC have to send a representative to rank every player? Like, how I don't get how how they would be able to do that. I guess essentially, maybe it would be up to like a league secretary, or maybe like the USBC would have to like, uh, you know, put people that are in the league and in in make them the handicap like. Make I don't know I, I I don't see this ending well. I don't know you think you think it's that complicated. I mean I think I think just from a you could you could probably put some put some parameters in a computer program and Maybe. feed the person's you know lifetime bowling Maybe. statistics into it and they could tell you what number a person is. I, a, a lifetime I like I I I don't mind that at all. But oh no oh yeah let me be clear 
it would have to be lifetime. But what if you get in what? Okay. So here's my question to that though. What if I was a 235 average 10 years ago and I really like, I don't know, hurt myself or I, I can't, I'm not doing that. Is that going to be held against me 10 years later? I don't know how, I mean, I can't say, cause I don't know how that would work in tennis, you know? But I would imagine, you know, there's there'd be an appeals process of some kind. Yeah, so. I don't know because it's tough because I could bowl in the easiest bowling center in the world for five years, and now I'm bowling in the league currently. I'm bowling in which the league shot isn't really the easiest, and now I'm, right, I'm, but, I'm paying the price for being a two thirty average in one house and being a two ten average in this house. I, I hear you on that. I hear you on that. Yeah, so okay. I, know, I I see what you're getting at though. Um. Yeah, I, I think Dave Peacow put a good poll. Um, I know you posted the, the the interview they had with Mark Roth talking about, hey, what they asked them, they said, well, what would you, you know, what would the average bowler bowl if they were bowling on tour? And Mark Roth didn't even hesitate. No, no, that's not what the the guy said. Well, you know, Mark, it. there's a lot of local bowlers around these local areas uh, who average in the two twenties and the two thirties, and you know, a lot of them. They believe that they could come out here and compete with you guys on the PBA tour. And what do you think about that, Mark? What are your thoughts? And yeah, basically, Mark Roth ripped them a new asshole, is what he yeah. did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he basically said uh, they'd average 160 uh, because the, the lanes out here on the tour aren't walled up, uh, I think was the term he used. It was wonderful. It was great. I, I put it on Twitter, I retweeted it on Twitter. You yeah. know, I said, yeah. we need more, more yeah. honesty like this, more honesty like this in the game today. Hey, you, know? you can't ask the guy from Brooklyn his opinion, and he he'll, he'll give it to you. You know what I mean? Like absolutely, he ain't gonna he ain't gonna hold back. That's that's for sure. Um, you know what's so interesting about that interview? And, and, and you know, to harken back to my my writing my my writing career, my bowling writing career. Uh, I you know I think it's just more evidence of what I was saying in the article being true. That like this problem has been going on for so long at okay. this point, mm-hmm. and like. We're still at the same point, like really. We're still we're still here, you know. So like, I don't know, man. Mike, I, I got to throw it out there, and I put it up on Twitter. Um, I'm writing my own article right now. And I know, I, I know. I I, mean I, I, I was going to respond to you on Twitter, but in all honesty, send it to me before uh, you're ready to. I will, but I'm yeah, in I'll it. Clean it up. I I uh, even talk about a little bit it, about some of the stuff that you talk about all the time and how. That really doesn't matter in in a lot of aspects of the, the the kind of the article that I'm writing about. So I'm interested. I, I haven't been able to the last couple of nights, but Monday night I was home and I was just like, I'm freaking writing, and I just started writing and writing, and it was like 9:45, and I'm like, man, I I was talking about shit that wasn't even prevalent to like privy to like the article I was writing. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna have to write tough. a new article on some of this shit. I just get in, uh, I get into tangents, like literally when you're writing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're reading, you're like, well, you, you, you get into streams of thought, right? And then yeah. like those streams of thought, like kind of, kind of go off the rails sometimes. I feel you on that. So I guess for, for you back to your, before we get into like the main part of the show, but back to your like sport night or whatever you want to call it, maybe eventually you get enough people where you could run a scratch and handicap division. I mean, honestly, you need probably like okay. 40, 50 people, but eventually so- like that's where you probably would want to go. What I would like to do for the next session is add a scratch pot. Oh, you have to. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I, I, sh- I should have done it for this round. Yeah, I didn't think about it. I'm probably I'm probably only going to raise it three bucks yeah. for every entry. 
yeah. and a dollar per or like I don't know if I'm going to do it as a series pot or a game pot, but um, you know, it won't be much. It won't be a ton of money, obviously, but well, I mean, it's something though. Do an optional like I don't know, like make it an even number maybe, or like I, I might think about doing it like ten or, or ten dollars for an optional side pot, and then just divvy it up. Between like three games, yeah, it's, it's it's handicap bowler heavy though, man. I'll be honest. So, but yeah. I mean, what if you get five people and they all throw in money, then maybe do a last game scratch pot. Right. You yeah, know? I'm definitely gonna try and add something for the scratch bowlers. All right, yeah. all Rob, right. we have wasted the people's time enough. We did. You said it, bro. This is a serious episode tonight, folks. We actually do have a serious, uh, you know, bowling community news story for you uh, tonight. So, you know, I know we kid around a lot. We like to have fun here at Sweep the Rack, but uh, we're, we're going to try and turn a serious uh, eye here for a few minutes and uh, and engage in this in this discussion. And I will say that I do mean what I said before, that I really think that, like, this is probably the only bowling outlet that, that could that could talk about this story the, the way that it, it probably needs to be talked about. So, Rob, uh, I want to give Rob credit here, honestly. Because he did all the background work uh, for this this story tonight, I didn't I, I didn't do anything. I didn't send a single email. I didn't talk to a single person. Actually, I think I sent one email, but it was two lines, and that was it. Uh, so Rob did the vast majority of the work here. So I give him props for that. And uh, he got his repeat. You know, he got his his uh, Jeff Rickles on. Uh, you know, that's what he was doing this week. He put that Jeff Rickles hat on. As a matter of fact, you know, it's like I was shocked that somebody would send us this. Right. And, and, uh, you know, expect us to take it to that level. But, you know, we decided to do it. So, uh, Rob, I'm going to pass it over to you. So, last week on the show, um, or was it maybe two weeks ago? I think it was last week. On my final thought, I talked about big bowling. And I, you know, talked about how RIP big bowling, poor one out. You know, they, they lost their PBA register, uh, they didn't renew. And then uh, we received an email from a gentleman who, you know, at the at the time we received the email, you know, he claimed to have been with Big Bowling from the beginning, um, doing uh, a lot of the like lo- like logistics of Big Bowling. You know, the the warehouse, the supervising. Uh, I, you know, and I'm trying to m- keep this factual at least for now. Um, from what I you know was emailed and I who I reached out to to make sure like one the source was credible and two like I wanted to get responses from Big Bowling, which I did. Um, so, uh, a, a little bit of the background was this gentleman who reached out to us, uh, known Victor Marion, who, you know, was the, the essentially CEO of big bowling for 25 years. Um, he, you know, did a lot of work with him and, uh, he did a lot of the work in the warehouse. Like I said, a lot of other duties claim that big bowling, he worked for him for months and months and Victor, uh, you know, was claiming that they were going to pay him and pay him, and Big Bowling never paid him for any of for any of his duties for for a really long time. Um, and then also the gentleman who reached out to us told us that Mike Flanagan did uh, a lot of work for him, marketing website, and he never uh, he never got paid from Big Bowling. Um, he also uh, talked about how Victor was a very uh, you know. I'd say unprofessional in a lot of his handling with the employees. Uh, he would, uh, you know, talk about how he, you know, wasted twelve thousand dollars in in cost of bowling balls 
and would just throw him away um, because of like a pin placement and, uh, uh, you know, top weight was wrong. Um, In other words, instead of trying to recoup some of the money on that and perhaps, you know, pay, pay some of the people that were involved in some of this stuff. Right. I mean, is that, is that the point of that, Rob? Yeah. The general aspect of what he did was logistics, sales, research, development, operations, pouring pro shop duties, boxing, uh, operating, throwbot um and well he 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 told us that and should should we should we give the name sure we're gonna have him on next week yeah he's gonna come on next week and, and we're gonna have another discussion about this but uh the, the gentleman who reached out to us his name is will smith uh so will will in his email if i recall rob actually you know mentioned how big bowling was sort of a small operation well, they were, they were right. a, yeah it was a startup yeah company. And, and, and there weren't there weren't many people involved in it so with that said, people had to take multiple roles. So when you when you read that list of roles that he had at the company, um, you know that explains why somebody would be doing so many of those roles because there were only a few people at the company. Uh, I also understood from the email, Rob, and if I'm wrong, correct me, that uh, you know obviously COVID. Okay. Uh, well, I'll get into what took, happened took on place that during this time. Okay. All right. Yeah, go I'll ahead. Get into the response because. So it was a general email pretty much putting real big bowling in a really bad light. Really yeah, bad. And, say, and saying that they hadn't they hadn't paid people. They haven't that paid they people. Left, they left a lot of people with their hands empty at the end of the day, and there wasn't much response from them either. Essentially, he talked about how Victor Marion was screwing people over at the company by not using the funds in the correct way for big. Uh, he wasn't, you know, paying his people. He was using his funds for more of like research development uh you know making bowling balls instead of paying his people essentially you know that's what the article was so i we looked the article and before i was gonna like you know run with it mean i talked to mike we spoke about it i decided to reach out to a couple of my friends who work for big bowling victor marion is a friend of mine he what you know we bowled usbc's together i've known him for a while He's always been, you know, nice to me and my brothers, very smart individual. And I also reached out to uh, one of his, uh, you know, right hand man, you should say, that I bowl college with, who was with big bowling for most of it or most of the time. I also reached out to Mike Flanagan, who was brought up in the article. So I got a lot of the both sides of it. Right. I got a lot of factual, um, you know, big bowling, essentially what was, you know, I was told was big bowling was essentially what you said, a quick a, 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 a essential startup company. They had, you know, they had four or five people. They, you know, were, um, had, you know, financial sponsorships and backings by, you know, some private people. I think some of Victor's, you know, family, as well as their main funding came, I believe from an Indian tribe. And the Indian tribe was, uh, actually going to build a sports entertainment center or casino essentially on their property and put a bowling center in the casino typical Vegas type situation, right? Like a red rock, right? Where you have like the big casino and then you have the bowling alley and Victor was going to run the bowling center or whatever. And uh, I don't know if he was going to run the center, but he was going to do a lot of things in the bowling alley, including the bowling company. Anyway, I guess COVID hit and that's where the whole shit kind of came down on them because COVID hits. And then this specific private investor pulls the funding. Okay. Um, they, uh, and that really, you kind of take the legs out of a startup when you pull your initial investing, right? 
Uh, you know, Victor uh, essentially gets COVID and he already had asthma. So it, it put him in a really bad spot because he wasn't healthy. He was, you know, in the hospital. He, you know, he talked about how critical his health situation was. So he wasn't able to do a lot of the things he wanted to do. You know, so the, and the funding gets pulled. He then gets COVID, right? And, you know, now he has to hope that, you know, his right-hand man is running the company. Um, and all, and all to be clear, Rob, all this information is coming from email communications that you had with, with Victor himself yes, correct. And, and with the other two people you mentioned that were, that were working for the company. Correct. Um, there was a, a lot of, um, you know, also logistics with the COVID with a lot of trouble them getting, uh, you know, their, their supply chain issues, supply chain issues, getting their chemicals for their surfaces their cover stocks their cores, their cores right there were num numerous problems securing those types of materials during during the covid supply chain issues right which which contributed even more to the problems that they were having right and as for like some of the other like aspects of not paying certain like third party people that were coming in uh there was a lot of uh talk about how this was just kind of like they knew going to work for big was essentially a startup more like a uh, a spit in the hand type like handshake right like sweat equity right is is the term i use right i work for a startup in scottsdale i kind of i mean we're in our already way into our private investing um and you know it, it's a little bit different but i get the changes and the 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 the, the difficulty of running a startup is right especially in, in a bowling ball company and then COVID hits right I see both sides of the story, right? I, I feel for Will and I feel for a lot of the, you know, points he made about Victor, you know, not paying his people and being, you know, very unprofessional to a lot of them and making really bad decisions. And then I also feel for Victor's side of it and big bowling where it looked like COVID hits at the worst possible time um, in a bowling company where you're relying on bowling sales and there's no bowling going on. Right. So, um, you know, the question that I have that I, I will ask for Will, who was going to come on the show next week, is if they were if, if I, I don't necessarily agree. And this is my point. This is my my opinion, not a fact um, of why they need to get PBA registered. And I think that's a big question to ask. Right. And in, in early in a startup and we know how expensive the PBA register is um, to, for you to go quick that quick on a PBA register in a startup might have been a little bit of the start of the problem when maybe you need to get more established first before you buy the PBA register. Um, but you have a lot of pros on board, right? Marshall Kent, Rhino Page. Um, you know, they, there was talks even of bigger names than, than those guys, right, coming on board. Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of dysfunction, and, and this is, you know, a lot of dysfunction going on in some of the other bowling ball companies. And I think that people were looking to jump ship to a startup, um, that you know they could have essentially grow with and be a part of from the from the get go from the scratch. So uh, you know there was a lot of other things, but I think that's a high level really version of um, just some of the uh, you know issues that you know Big was running into. But the people that were working there, you know, at least the higher ups, I think, and it, like I said, there might have been five or eight people from my understanding working there. Um, but I did get uh, a response saying that. Big did pay their like low level people, right? Like the people who probably were like doing minimum wage work or or, or whatnot. Um, so, but I guess a lot of the people who were running like the higher up type people, like you know, weren't really getting 
uh, paid and there was a lot of uh, problems with the company in general. Um, so as of right now, if anybody's wondering about Big, Big is dormant right now. There is no bowling balls being manufactured. Uh, it is not like there is nothing going on there with Big Bowling right now. Um, now, does that mean that tomorrow the Indian tribe could wake up and say, hey, let's let's start this up again? Let's resume this plan. All of a sudden, they could do that. But, you know, there were also talks about how um, that's a lot of the reason why Marshall left. I mean, look, we all know why Marshall Kent left is because once your product isn't registered in the PBA, it makes zero sense for a professional to run their equipment. But I'd be curious to see what Marshall, if he ever got any kind of, you know, money or funding or from from big for his work that he did there. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think he really expected it either. Um, going to a startup, I think, you know, it's a gamble. I did reach out to Marshall. I didn't get any response back from him. Um, but yeah, like I tried to do as much research as I could um, on this story. And there's a lot more that I'm probably not, 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 not talking about, but I know we'll have Will on next week to talk his side of it. And then maybe after that, I could bring on, um, you know, one of the people from big on to talk about their side of it. But, you know, crazy kind of story when I read the, this original email and it was just like, holy crap, like, there's some there was some stuff going on that really nobody knew. So, yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like you know, it ain't it ain't the most shocking business story in the world that uh, you know a company a company was going broke and not not paying the people they should be paying. You know, uh, I read I read a book last year, Bad Blood, about Theranos, and uh, if you haven't heard about that story, go check it out. But yeah, certainly there's a lot of bigger fraud going on uh, mm -hmm. in the business community than. Than, than you know what we have here but I will say that it's interesting to hear you know kind of the behind the scenes of what happened with this with this company that that kind of came with a flash right at first and they were you know they signed a couple big names and it was like oh wow maybe there's gonna be a new player here and you know kind of very quick very quickly fizzled out you know I think everybody could sense that there was a problem when uh, you know, even a season in to big bowling being product registered, uh, that you know, Marshall Kent was still throwing storm, you know, for, for the majority, you know, for qualifying and whatnot. So, you know, that spoke to some issues going on there. Uh, well, I, I think it also speaks to how hard it is to get into this, this, uh, market, you know, this bowling ball market. Here's the mistake they made, Rob. If you're going to start a bowling ball company, what's the first thing you better have? And you better have a lot of them too. Patch pirates, patch pirates, son. <laughs> patch pirates, son. You got to have patch pirate. Like if they would have had five hundred patch pirates lined up, ready for the first bowling ball run to be done, you know they probably could have tricked the tricked these uh these patch pirates into taking a free ball but paying for three more, you know, and and right. and sales would have been through the roof to begin with. So. Listen, if anybody else is going to start a bowling ball company, I'm not for sure. But if so you are, or if Big Bowling comes back, hire me. I'll get you popping with the Patch Pirates, and then you won't have a problem. So here's the thing is, is more and more I talk to people and ask questions about the story, and I talk to also some high-level pros uh, in regards to this. Um, you know, some of them weren't really surprised because I think they they heard rumblings about some of this stuff. Um, obviously, it's a small bowling world. Uh, um but here is my take a little bit on this, uh, on what I read. And, and here's the thing is like, I'm not going to justify, and we'll talk to Will next week. I'm not going to justify if 
you know, Victor was being unprofessional to his employees and talking down to them and, you know, being, you know, thinking he's the smartest person in the room. I won't justify any of that. I don't like, you know, hearing that um, because, you know, Victor has never been like that to me personally or, or my brothers. Um, so, yeah, I can't justify that. And I'll, I'll talk to we'll talk to him more about that um, because obviously I didn't work for him. Um, but he you got to have some big balls. And I'm using that term big balls to start your own bowling ball company and run with it. Right. He was working at Storm. He was a high level you know, person at Storm designing bowling balls. He had it cush. He had it. He could have just stayed at Storm the rest of his life and designed bowling balls. My man was hungry. He was ambitious. He was motivated to start his own bowling ball company. And he did. He did. I mean, if this was maybe two years after COVID and, you know, they never pulled his funding, I still believe that Big would still be around making bowling balls. It was the worst possible shit luck for him to do it and to, you know, do it right when COVID started and bad timing. But, yo, like, you got to respect the fact that this kid left a cushy job and went out and got his own funding, his own people, started his own manufacturing plant, and you know, and 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 went for it, you know, like fuck, man, I I wish I I could do that in a certain sense. I mean, it wouldn't be in the bowling industry. I'm not. Yeah, but yet. you got to pay people, Hoss. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh. like, yeah, kudos to him and all that. But like, you got to pay people who are working Dude. for you. People got families. Oh. People have bills. Oh. People have mortgages. Like, yeah, you know. so. I agree with that. I mean, like, look, like you have to. I can't, I can't, I can't co-sign that kind of behavior in any kind of way, shape, or form. Honestly, I agree. I agree, and that's like, yeah, like there's a lot of goods to this story about him doing this and reaching out and getting his own. But if you know that's the case, and he promised people that they would pay him, or or he would get paid, and they didn't, to me, that's bad business overall, right? But if people knew that they were in this, maybe they wouldn't get paid for a year or two years, then that's a whole nother story, right? Like, yeah, the, like the, we were starting the, our own the, company. The devil you, is in the details in this story, I think, because, you know, if, if, if the conversation sounded like, Hey, come and work for me, this is going to be your salary and we're going to build this up and I'm good to go. I got finance funding. You know, that's one thing. If, if when the funding cut off, how long was it before he came to people and said, Hey, there's a problem. You might want to start looking for another job or, was he not upfront about it? You know, I mean, if he was upfront about it, then he was upfront about it. There's nothing you could do about, you know, things taking a turn for the worse business wise. But yeah, that's why I say, you know, uh, the, the details to me are important in this story. Right. And, so you know, the original I'm, email, Will says, yeah, well, he, we were promised we'd be paid for months and we never got paid. So to right. me, like, if that's the case, then yeah, there is, you know, there is an issue, right? Um, so we'll see. We'll talk to Will, and then maybe I could, you know, get one of my guys here uh, from from Big On, and maybe we could talk in regards to some of it. But you know, Mike, I, I might have a future in in the bowling journal world here, um, you know, because I kind of enjoyed reaching out, and you know, I mean, it wasn't a great, positive, uplifting story that you know maybe I wanted to like start my bowling journalism career on, but um, right. you know it. We're so used to just giving our opinions and uh, being very opinionated on this show. This was the uh, story where we got our facts first. We got them from both sides of it, um, you know. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm let the people kind of figure out how they want to make up their own minds on the situation. Uh, and yeah, um, we'll uh, we'll bring on Will next week, and then we'll go from there and see if there's more to it. If not, 
you know, then we'll just drop it. But I, I, you know, crazy, crazy, I guess, story. And yeah, uh, you know, little, little, like I said, inside workings of a, you know, of a, of a struggling bowling ball company. Yeah, it's really during COVID. I mean, yeah. crazy. Listen, so. it, cer- it certainly ain't the only business to be uh, uh, affected, uh, put out of commission, crippled, whatever word you want to use. Uh, certainly not the first to for that to be the case during COVID. No. And, uh, yeah, let's just hope we don't ever have to go through that again, um, you know, as a country. So, All right. Anyway. We'll, we'll, we'll have more next week. We'll have follow-up next week. We will. Um, we will be on. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about – so this we're going in a different direction from the PBA show uh, that was on Sunday, the PBA Jimmy Allen celebrity event, okay? And we're going to be honest here, okay, because that's all we know how to be on Sweep Iraq. We are very honest – opinionated straight shooters right i didn't watch the show mike mike okay so we're going to talk about why we didn't watch the show okay i taped it i dvr'd it so like eventually i'll go back and watch it you know i just i just didn't work out i didn't have the time it wasn't convenient for me to watch it and you know i just I, i didn't catch it yet was uh was was the interest not there in in watching? No, it's. A, I mean, the interest isn't there for me to carve time out to watch it live, right? You know, like is it something that I'll DVR and catch up on for sure? Um, but again, like is it something in terms of the podcast that I'm going to make sure I watch before we hit the show Thursday? No, it's not. I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm I'm there for the legit. Uh, competition the pure competition of real professional bowling now that's not to say that i don't have a level of appreciation for this type of event i do i think it's great that you know they're they're i'll say a couple things i think it's great that they're getting new celebrities involved in bowling and promoting bowling i think the the um the range of people that they had at this event was awesome bob learn jr was at this event i mean i was surprised by that you know, EJ Tackett was there. You know, so you had some of the top guys. You had you had different people at this event, right? I like that. I like that a lot. Even in terms of the celebrities, you had some different people. Now, do I think it's that big of a deal that Nelly is bowling? Like, is Nelly? I mean, Nelly is like D-list celebrity at this point. Terrell Owens, you know, kind of the same thing. I mean, Hannibal Burris. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I don't look at it as that big of a deal, but I like the exposure for bowling, especially with Jimmy Allen, who really seemed. I, I read that article that Nolan Hughes put out uh, about Jimmy Allen's development of his passion for bowling, and I got to say, like, it seems like dude is is legitimately into the sport, into the game, which I respect and, and I love, and I think that's great. But yeah, some some of the other folks that that we saw associated with it, like. We've seen them associated with bowling in other ways before, and it's never really turned into anything much. So, you know, kind of is what it is for me. It was cool to see Bella Love, right? I think she won the little uh, high ball challenge thing, right? But was she the no, first? I have not checked first... it out because again, I'm here for the pure competition. Was Bella the first ever two-handed women to bowl on a, a TV event? In in America, yeah, right. Which is kind of cool in a way, right? Cool. Um, I think um, 
I I didn't watch it because I think I I am in your end on this with the fact where I don't want to see essentially bowlers that are even since if they're celebrities, I, I don't want to see someone throwing it straight down the middle. Um and I don't even if they're, you know, if it's whoever, right? Um, it just doesn't interest me. I wasn't motivated to turn it on and watch it. I wasn't. Um, Jimmy Allen is very interested in bowling. I bowled next to him at the tat. Uh, I didn't get it. I didn't want to go over and be a fanboy. He was bowling, you know, and he is pretty good. I mean, you know, he is starting to try to learn. He's, I think he's at that cusp where he's trying to learn the hard end of the sport. Um, you know, one of those types, you know, typical guys who bowls in house leagues. Uh, and then he goes to the tat and struggles because, you know, he, he's starting to really try to be on that, like, understanding of, oh, crap, there is this sport type, like, atmosphere, right? Um, I, I do – it's too bad. I, I'd like to see Mookie Betts be more involved in these type of shows. Um, because Mookie is a great spokesperson for bowling and he's not a D class celebrity by any means. Um, so, you know, it's too bad that they ran this during probably baseball in the playoffs. I'm not sure the the live event was probably two or three weeks ago. Um, I'd like to see guys like Mookie Betts, um, guys, you know, who are so good at, at, and he's a Mookie Betts is a good bowler in his own right. I mean, he's got a PBA 300, right? So like, I just, you know, wasn't really too interested in it. Um, maybe I'll watch uh, just to see Bella um, because I think Bella, uh, you know, is a very interesting, you know, and very uh, interesting like look of the future for for women bowling. And I'm, we're not. I'm not going to crown her the next. Yeah, Bell don't Bowl, don't right? put pressure on this girl. Well, they, what do you, they already got pressure on her. They made her a PBA Junior spokesperson. They put her on the show. show. She's handling show. it very good though. I hear you. They're just they're, It's so cringy to me that they're that they that they that Bolero does that. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really agree with it. Uh, Terry in the chat saying Bella showed out at the regional in Odessa, Texas, over the weekend. Just barely missed the cut. Cross the Doctor Barnes. See, now that's what I'm interested in. Show me, show me this young lady bowling a regional with some of the top guys out there. That's something that you'll get my attention with, and I'll, but here's and I'll the watch. thing about that makes me really have a really high hope that she's going to be great. And she's out there bowling, Mike. She's, yeah, she's well, bowling we, junior shit. She out there bowling regionals, bro. Yeah, we listen, we heard from her dad. Her dad reached out to us through yeah. email, you know, yeah. and I said all I said online I was partly joking but not like we curse too much to have kids on the show. So she she has to be over 18 before she comes on sweep the rack sorry. But uh we, her dad reached out to us through email because he 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 listens to the podcast, I or at least he listened to it once and uh he he has heard our back and forth about how shots and sports shots. And one of the things that he said to us when he reached out was that she only has ever bowled on sports shots. You know, so like, what does that tell you? It tells me you know, that I, what does that tell hope me? in the future. There's hope in the future of, of youth bowling, right? Um, and we've mentioned this a few times, right? We don't essentially agree with how junior gold does their qualifications to get to the national level. But the one thing that we can agree on is the fact that they don't, put junior gold national on any house shots. Right? right. And that's the important part of it because yes, there are kids that are going home crying about how they probably thought they were great. And now they realize they're not, 
But you know what? Like the great kids, the youth, the ones that will make it will be the ones that don't go home and cry, that will try to figure out and learn how to bowl on that kind of stuff. So next time they go, go to junior gold, they can show out, right? Um, so there is hope for the but, but at the same right? time, and I don't think this is this is as known because the internet makes everything so known today, but like there there's a lot of phenom bowlers that have come along that didn't pan out the way they were supposed to pan out. You know so, what I'm saying? We could we could do a top ten of, of we, people that top were ten. Hour, we could do a whole show, son. An, an hour, like when we grew up, right? Um, you know, I mean, I I know Who's, one. Of the all right, let's say let's do one. Let's ask this: Who's the person who was bowling with us when we grew up? Who you most thought was going to make it big as a professional bowler, and they didn't. So before I got, the, well, I'm not going to say that, but I'll I'll, I'll name what? one. What you're name. not going to answer more. that. No, I am, but I was going to say something, but I stopped myself because okay. um, Rory Conklin. It's a great one. The kid set all kinds of junior records um, with 300s, 800s. I bowled with him at Saginaw Valley two semesters. No one appreciates how good that kid was until you bowl with him. He, he His talent was through the roof. I mean, you can't explain this kid's talent. He was, at the time, better than Bill O'Neill, better than Mike Fagan. He was better than he was the best junior in the country, probably the world for years. But it shows you, you know, mentally, he didn't have a strong game. You know, he he was very, you know, had a, a lot of, you know, issues. Um, and it, it comes back to you. But you have Bill, right? Someone who was a great junior bowler, set all kinds of records, but head was on straight and was hungry. Um, and so you see the two difference between two guys that have unlimited talent, but one had a head game and one did it for me. It was probably Lee Vanderhoff. Oh, Lee Vanderhoff went on tour. I think way too early. Lee Vanderhoff. He went on tour when he was like, was so freaking good, bro. Like 21. Right. Like when we, when, when, I mean, the, you know, they, Paul Forey used to call him the general. He was okay. Like, when he wrote his name on the leaderboard, he would write Lee, the general Vanderhoff. Okay, and like, kid was on. Kid had. I remember showing up to a JBT, and homeboy had a whole bag with slots in it with his shoes, with different bowling shoes in it, and one of the sets of shoes that he pulled out had the Team USA logo on them, and I was like, "Sun, (laughs) yo, Sun Bowls for Team USA? Like, what is going on?" And like, I had never seen a ball hit so hard as I saw his bowling ball hit as a junior bowler, like it actually intimidated me. I'm not even going to lie. Like I, I, will, I saw him bowl the first time. I was like, Oh my God, like I'm, I'm never going to be that good. I'm never going to throw it like that. I could go on a limb and say this. I think the reason why Lee Vanderhoff never made it as a tour bowler was the introduction of performance bowling balls. I think the, his rev rate was just so high that when the rev, when all of a sudden we went on synthetic lanes and we had all these big hooking balls. He just couldn't control the bowling ball because his rev rate was. Oh, I mean, he was like EJ Tackett territory for rev rate, right? Dude, dude had strap. I mean, was, you got to think he was going like five hundred RPM. But, but I think a lot of the introduction. If we were still bowling on urethane and wood lanes, I think you would have seen a lot more out of Lee Vanderhoff. Um, but. Dude, like this is a good topic, and I know a lot of people probably don't um, 
don't know who we're talking about, but it's just interesting to see like how when we grew up, there was a lot of people that we grew up on your uh, wood lanes on urethane and the most part of it. And when you get to the, you know, all of a sudden synthetics and wet dry, it was a completely different game. It really was. True. Uh, all right, Rob, we got one one last thing to talk about here before we get to worst of the week. And it's it's yeah. going to be a quick conversation because we don't have a lot of information about it. Uh, and that is the slight information we got about the PBA schedule. So it's going to start in February, right? And they're opening up with the U.S. Open. That's it. That's all we know. Thoughts? Man, they got to get better at reaching out in, uh, earlier and getting these schedules out to the people, man. These pros are around, sitting around, waiting to literally plan out their 2023. And I don't think how the PBA could feel that's right to wait until mid to end November and then come out with a schedule that starts in February, right? I mean, with the flights and in, in, in hotels and how expensive they are, you would think they would give these guys at least like three to four month notice so they could start planning out their trips, right? And they're like in their Airbnbs and their hotels. I don't know why they why they wait so long. Is it just they don't? Ha- is it just they just don't have the the bowling alleys like signed in, and they don't have like I don't get it. Like the PBA has one job. It's to make right, like I don't see. Are they just? Are they all just not like working? Like I, I don't know. I guess I question the PBA and like why his schedule isn't out earlier. Uh, I don't like opening with the U.S. Open. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're gonna open with like the toughest challenge. You know, the the premier major, pretty much. I don't know. I'm 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 you know I'm anxiously awaiting this schedule. You know, just to see what it's like. So. We'll see, but I, at first glance, first piece of information, they're starting a lot later. What happened to the Hall of Fame uh, event, right? That was like usually one of the ones that was early in the season, the Hall of Fame Classic, where they had the Hall of Fame. See, that to me, that's part of the problem with the PBA is that they, 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 they just are always switching things. Like everything is always in a constant state of change. Like, can't we get a good schedule and, and and iron it out and know what we want to do and what we want to promote and stick with that? Like, I don't understand. You know, it's Feel just coming, always changing. Coming in hot, uh, the PBA and their schedule sounds like my college procrastinating on writing papers. Look, I'm going to go and keep saying this over and over. I'm going to beat a dead horse here. Until the PBA could come out with a consistent TV schedule, um, and I know that's might probably be not their fault because they're probably on the literal like mercy of what Fox and FS1 does. The PBA needs to come back to a weekly, same time, same time slot, same channel schedule, like what they used to do back in when we were growing up in the 80s, where you knew every Saturday afternoon at 2 or 3 p.m. bowling was on ABC, right? Um, and then, you know, if you think about it, even the NFL, right? And I know they probably have their prime pick of, you know, all the games are on at 10 a.m. Sunday. All the games are on 1 p.m. my time Sunday. Monday night football is always starts at the same time. People are habits of creature, a creature of habits. People like having the same schedule in the week. They know when their shows are on. The bowling PBA schedule is so far out there where you don't know if you're getting all four majors at the same time. 
Um, Penny word is that they put Penny in charge of the schedule. Yeah, because they can't find them. That's probably the reason why they're not. They can't find Penny, so nobody knows where the schedule is. Um, let's see, uh, Charlie Tap. Good to see him in the in the in the chat here. PBA was mentioned on Dan Patrick. My today. guy said there was no TV schedule to follow like the old days. Um, Dan Patrick, smart man. Tell him to come dude. on sweep the rack. PBA, all of a sudden, it's a show on Sunday. It's a show on Saturday. It's a show on Tuesday. It's a show on Thursday. It's FS1. It's Fox. It's it's CBS Sports Network. It's freaking all over the place. It's like, dude, get one place, one network. You know, Fox or FS1, I'm, I'm good with that. Put it on the same time, same week. Put the schedule. Keep it consistent, right? Masters on Father's Day weekend. U.S. Open on Labor Day. I don't know. Like, the golf has the same schedule. You know it's Father's Day weekend. You know the Masters is going to be playing for golf, right? You know it. You look forward to it. You can make plans. People, spectators, could make plans to go watch it, right? It's it's a problem because people, if you want to go watch the U.S. Open, nobody knows until three months before. You know, I don't know. I, I just – I have so much problems with the way they release the schedule and how they do it and – yeah, I don't know. Um, I think a lot of people hopefully would agree with me here, but, you know. All right, Rob, let's give the people what they want. Yes, sir. All right, you want to go first? Or do you yeah. Go first? Um, <laughs> okay. I'll go first. I did <laughs> I did something stupid last night while I was in bed, uh, going ready to go to bed. Uh, I went down the YouTube wormhole. Um, and if anybody knows, if you start watching videos on Facebook or YouTube, uh, you could be in bed for an hour and not even realize it. You know what I get addicted to? I get addicted to the videos that are like digital recreations of plane crashes. I've never seen that. Huh. The flight channel. Look up the flight channel. But I'm warning you, it's addicting. I'm warning okay. you. It's like you want to see the Kobe Bryant helicopter crash in the most detailed, precision, digital. Like it's it's the helicopter. It leaves from the airport. It has the 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 uh, air traffic communication synced up. I mean, it's just wild. And I just get I get I get addicted to these things. Yes, I, I Yo, hear you. There's a couple of different people in our chat talking about pickleball crushing it. Um. I'll have to, we'll Maybe have to we'll turn this into a pickleball uh, podcast. Maybe. Maybe. So, um, yeah, um, I like to watch, uh, when I'm on YouTube, uh, movie trailers. Uh, so I'll get hooked on movie trailers. Uh, there's a really good app for movie trailers, and it'll just show everything that is coming out in the next, like, six months. Um, I just saw the Creed 3 trailer, by the way. It looks pretty good. Um, anyway, so I caught a YouTube channel. Uh, that has um, a decent amount of views, about 65,000 views on this video. Uh, it's by the 220 Average Bowler is the name. Oh, of the my God. Okay. Oh, my God. I've known I, about this for a minute. I ran into a video he just made, and I was very interested because it was a very interesting video, actually. He bowled a regional, the guy, though. I got to give him credit. Yeah. The video he created, and if you go check it out, I, I, I would say, you know, it's kind of entertaining. It really is. He built a 23-pound bowling ball with a custom metal core, okay? But here's where worst of the week comes in, right? So stupid. 
So he, he, he literally drills four big holes into a target zone, a plastic ball. And he puts objects in the bowling ball and he weighs it and makes it 23 pounds. He gets up and he's bowling on a obviously a house shot during a practice. You could see people practicing around him, open bowling. And he throws his regular bowling ball a few times and it shows how easy the lanes are. He's striking, whatever. And he starts throwing his, this plastic ball at 23 pounds, right? The ball isn't hooking, okay? He's leaving pocket 710s. Um, and he's really surprised. He's like, this is where worst of the week comes in. He comes back to the camera and he says, I can't believe this ball's not hooking. I can't believe it. Bro, you're throwing a target zone on a house shot with a ton of oil on it. You could put 72 pounds of side weight on it. The fucking ball ain't hooking, bro. It's it's such a it's such an entertaining yet train wreck of a video that I I would re- I would recommend it because I, it was entertaining and I did watch it and I did laugh. So kudos to this guy who put on a, a good entertaining channel. Um, I like that kind of stuff. I'll I'll watch more of his videos. I would rather see him put the twenty three pounds and maybe a high performance bowling ball, um, and see maybe what that would roll like. Um, but the, I'll tell you though, when the ball went high flush, dude. It, the pins weren't fucking they were down dude it was it was cool but anyway he gets worst of the week because he was surprised that his plastic ball wasn't hooking and he was really really shocked that he he thought he's gonna be able to hook the whole lane uh <coughs> anyway that's my worst of the week thought it was a good one yeah shocker uh okay i had several choices this week oh I'm yeah a, I'm, mean- I'm gonna save one for my final thought i'm gonna okay. save one for my final thought actually uh, but worst of the week this week is going to go to Edward Bienvenue. Congrats, bro. Okay, Edward Bienvenue, and I got this actually from uh, a pro shop that I, that I follow uh, online, and uh, Ed Ed gets his stuff drilled there, and here's his post. Okay, are you guys ready? Here it is, Ed. Congratulations. This is worst of the week. Here we go. Been struggling with putting three full games together. Just punched up a fresh mythic jackal and was able to have a good night. First time in a while I felt this comfortable throwing the ball. What do you think he shot, guys? Right, I'm gonna read I'm gonna read that post again. Okay, read it. What do you think his series was? What do you think his, his series was All for right, the night? Read it again. Been struggling with putting three full games together, punched up a fresh mythic jackal, and was able to have a good night. First time in a while, I felt this comfortable throwing the ball. Nico says seven fifty. Uh, he's not even close. Um, I'd say probably like knowing people and their posts on Facebook. Five oh eight. Yo, are you guys ready for this? His series was eight fifty seven. <laughs> <laughs> Son, he shot eight fifty-seven. <laughs> Guys, he Dude. shot eight five seven. Are you ready? I'm gonna read that post again. Okay, I'm gonna read it one more time. Are you ready? Been struggling with putting three full games together. Punched up a fresh mythic jackal and was able to have a good night. First good night. time in a while, I felt this comfortable throwing the ball. 
268, 289, 300, 857, son. In some houses, that would be a house record. And dude yeah. said, nah, I had a good night. Uh, I've been having trouble putting three games together. No, I mean, he, guys, he was, come on. Yo, he was seriously. Yo, he was trying to be super like humble about it. Like he wasn't like Brandon. Uh, you know, just so someone hit the laugh it, like, on our video. Like <laughs> <laughs> someone just hit the laugh on our video. Cause it's hilarious. Cause it's I I, I was go I, I was going the other direction. Like I thought he was gonna like say like four sixty or yeah, but that's why it's worst of the week. Yeah, because it's like no, like eight fifty seven, bro. Like what? Oh my goodness! Oh, I can't. I just can't. All right, give the people what they want. That dude, I can't stop laughing. That's fun, hilarious. Yo, <laughs> Lumber Flexual in the chat says, my guy, that's a 285.5 average. Yes, yeah, hey, it's a good night. You know, good night. I almost I almost didn't miss. It's a good night. I've been having trouble putting three games together. When I did, I just had 857 putting three games together. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't. I just can't. Oh, we have somebody, uh, we have somebody bowling on some sport this weekend. 45-foot dragon, 32 milliliters, 2-4 to 1. Uh, wood lane, oh, wood lanes, too. Oh, my goodness. 2-4. to oh. four. Um, So my <sighs> my advice here, 40 – wait, wait, pull that up again. 45 feet, 32 mils. That's a lot of, that's a lot of oil in the lane. Ooh. Wood lanes, though. Wood Ooh, lanes, though. I know. Um, surface. Fallback. Surface, surface. and fallback. I would have a 500 pad with you. Um, and my advice to you would be to literally probably start like you, you, you're not going to be able to play left to right. You're going to have to be pretty like really straight up the lane. You're going to have angles, to be, angles, angles closed in the front part closed. of the lane. I would right. wait, wait until probably the third to fourth game, depending on how many games it is the track will eventually come to you on a wood surface because everybody's going to be using surface. Um, and eventually they're going to, they'll get open with right. the wood. You'll have that hook spot. You will. And then you can move left and, and kind of use that hook spot. Right. But the carry down is going to be really Vicious. fierce. Right. Really five. Cause I right. just bowled on a, uh, at the CBE, we bowled on 37 or 38 feet. And they were 32 mils. It was the same volume. And their carry down was vicious and it was fast. But it was on synthetic. So I would say that you probably track will probably blow open a little bit quicker. Um, and you'll be able to like probably get left and slow hook it after like the fifth game or so. But oh, well, three it's a games. sweeper, three games of qualifying. Ooh, ooh, the they're going to be dirty. Head. Yo, they're going to uh. be dirty. Um, so, Yo, honestly, my advice is is hit the head pin and make spares. Make spares. Hit the head pin and make spares because on something like no. that, the scores aren't liable to be. Uh, well, to here's be the thing: high. is you're gonna if the sweeper, if you're cutting the field in half and it's three games, I guarantee you the cut will be five thirty to five fifty, if not lower, depending on how many bowlers. And get back to me next week, Terry, or get back to us. I would love to hear what the first cut was, but I would guarantee you even like five thirty makes it through the first three. To 550. Um, keep it in play. Don't try to string strikes together. 
Find a reaction that's going to break up splits, make spares, and cruise yourself in a 590 to 6-0, and you'll be probably leading. <laughs> Honestly, they're going to be yeah, brutal. Sure. Yeah. All right, Rob, final thought. Let's go. I want to get out of here. I'm exhausted. It's Thursday. Go ahead. I'm going to let you go day. first because I want to get my thoughts together on my final right. I wanted so badly this week to give worst of the week to Darren Tang on his YouTube page, but I didn't. Okay. Because Why? it's actually not worst of the week. It's actually one of the best and funniest things that I saw all week. And okay. that's a video he put out with Louis Napolis. Napolis. Okay. Uh, yeah, and they did a pro versus uh, house bowler uh, challenge type thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. The unintentional comedy. I don't know if it was intentional or not, actually. But the way I was viewing it, the unintentional comedy in this video is just off the charts. Okay, I'm just going to give you two things. First, here's what you need to do. You need to go to Lewis Napolis's page and watch a regular ball review video he does. Okay, and see how much he strikes in these ball review videos. Okay, then you need to go back to Darren T- Tang's page. And you should maybe you should subscribe to both too. Subscribe to this one as well. I saw I saw Feth mention we're close to a thousand subscribers. So let's go, people. Keep hitting that. Keep hitting that Seriously, subscribe. Make button. up Gmails for us. Create a whole bunch. Nico, hit okay. it, man, create a bunch of Gmails for us. And you, you know, we you laugh with us every week. Hit that subscribe button. Okay. <laughs> back to my back to my piece though. Then you need to go back to Darren Tang's page and watch this video where they bowl together. Oh my goodness. When I, after I watched this video, I thought. This dude Lewis, he must he must literally throw a million shots to get the strikes, to get the strikes that that he throws in the ball videos because like he wasn't striking very much in, in this video. There's all throughout the video he keeps saying I'm going to move right, I'm going to move right, I'm going to move right. I don't think he ever gets his feet right of 25, honestly. And I thought to myself like, see, see, like that's moving right to somebody who you know doesn't know what moving right really means. You know, and it was just uh, unintentional comedy level was off the charts to me. So as a final thought tonight, I uh, I encourage everybody to go watch that video. Uh, if you saw it already, okay, right? There's a couple people, ch- you know, Robert Hamilton, okay, uh, Mark Burright commenting, you know, it was good, okay? Uh, I know, I know Robert. He did a lesson video with Johnny P. And here's the thing, Johnny – Johnny pointed out all the things that are wrong with this game pretty clearly. And then dude still does all the wrong things now. Like he still throws it the same exact way he did on that day that he did the video with John. So like, listen, I, you know, I appreciate everybody with the bowling content and certainly, you know, that page, his page has way more subscribers and traffic and views and all that than we do. But that's what blows my mind about it. Honestly, is like, you know, there, there's, there's not a lot of recognition out there about, what the what the real content is, what the what the educated content is, and what the uh, ooh, what word do I want to use? What the pretender content is? I'll use that. Okay, how's that? All right. You know. Oh, somebody in the chat from Japan, uh, Patch Pirate, much? Yeah, son. <laughs> you, you definitely, son. Definitely. I, he, know, might, I, he might. I like be the, he, he He might be the captain. Of the patch pirate boat, oh, okay. Yeah, you're, you're too hard on Louis, man. I like Louis, man. I I I know Louis from when I bowl in Vegas. Um, and he's a good he's a good dude, man. He, I'm sure he is. I don't know. Con- he's putting good. Con- he's just trying to put content out. I hear you, but like, come on, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I don't know. Just I don't I, know what to say. No. I said my piece. You well, know. Hey, you know, is 
hey man hey that's what we're here you're honest you're you're you don't hold back so that's what we do here right um ha somebody looking for a sport league in the buffalo area thank you for the support captain polish we appreciate it how is there not a sport league in the buffalo area buffalo was known for bowling. buffalo yo go talk to john serbinski or something man i mean buffalo's where it's at a lot of bowling in buffalo you know buffalo's I mean? where it's at you know all right what's your final thought rob let's get <sighs> out of here Writing writing an article for, for bowling has been strangely really fun for me. Um, and I don't know if you took it the same way when you were writing your article, but to like actually be able to organize my thoughts on a piece of paper when I'm so used to trying to organize my thoughts as I speak, I've realized that I'm a lot better at writing it down than I am actually talking about it because my mind is very uh, quick. And it, my thoughts are very quick in my head. So when I speak, I tend to sometimes talk too much or I ramble or whatever. And I've been getting better as we've been doing the show as we're going. Um, but writing down and actually having clear-cut organization on my like views on some of the stuff we always talk about has been very, very fun for me. And I want to finish this sooner than later so I could have people read it and get back to me. Um, because I feel like everyone's going to really like this article because there's a lot of stuff in it that I feel like needs to be said. Um, so that's my final thought. I've been taking time off from my own bowling, at least competitively. There hasn't been a lot to bowl around here. So uh, I might take a trip to B3. I'm thinking about it this weekend or next weekend, but my knee's been kind of hurting. So the more I take off, the better. So, yeah, other than that, I'm good, man. I uh, appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, you know, fun show tonight. Next week we'll have Will. Uh, you know, talk about the big bowling deal, and then, yeah, um, we'll kind of go from there. All right, so listen, follow us on social media. Uh, Twitter, Twitter's mainly where we're at. We're at Sweep the Rack everywhere. He's at BrooklynRob11. I'm at the 215th on Twitter. <laughs> Come check us out on Twitter, but understand that I take on beef from multiple groups on Twitter. Oh, so sometimes, Twitter. sometimes, sometimes when you come on Twitter, you might see me talking about bowling and beefing with some pro bowlers or some amateur house rats, or you might see me beefing with the teaching community. Okay, yeah. I might even start. Uh, 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 I might even start a segment on this podcast where once a week I get I get five minutes to highlight something from Twitter from the teaching community uh, that week. That. Oh no, so, the people want to hear it. Somebody asked. Somebody asked earlier in the chat. I forget who it was. Okay. So you know, uh, Ter Terry was saying, you know, I, I'm 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 out there. I'm out there giving it to them. Dude, I love your teacher Twitter fights. It's my favorite <laughs> thing on Twitter. Um, you know, I decided to get involved in fight Mets Twitter one day. You're fighting this shit every day, all day. So I, I shouts to you, man. You're fight. You're like Jon Snow in that like gif of him fighting all those horses that are coming towards him because ain't nobody siding with you on anything either. The meme, um, the meme of Fletcher Cox looking at Nick Sirianni telling Dallas. Uh, to f off, they won the game. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was yeah. really that was really the perfect meme to describe you looking at me from afar. Like, yo, this dude, he's yo, battling you're everybody. Yeah, you're you're out there, man. Um, so Matt, you gave me a really good idea for uh, actually some more content that I'm deciding to put out. But I think me and Matt Jones cross all the time at the CBEs, and uh, maybe we should mic each other up. I should mic you and mic me up. Get the camera out, and actually, people could hear us talking and cursing during an actual tournament i think that would be great content um because the shit that comes out of my mouth is people would probably love to hear some of my commentary while i'm bowling a tournament because man it, it's the shit that comes out of my mouth it would not be g-rated i'll guarantee you that but uh we'll talk i think it's i'll talk to theo too about 
maybe getting a camera and like videoing us and commenting oh. during tournaments. If we, if you gave me one of those little mics to wear during my door when I'm bowling on some sport, oh my god! Well, I have some Kyobi content gold. Honestly, I have some ideas for some content. I have actually a pretty cool uh, 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 GoPro and um, a really like advanced wireless mic system for for it. So I plan on putting out some some pretty interesting content, um, different content, you know, for 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 the people on the channel. So uh, you know, people can get it both ways. But I won't be drilling a 23-pound bowling ball and throwing it down the lane. I'll tell you that. Fuck, fuck my knee up, my elbow up, my wrist up. All kinds of shit would come out of that. But um, no anyway, doubt. yes. All so. right, yo, we always appreciate everybody joining us. Check it out. Check us out on social media. Email us if you want. Sweet the Rack at Gmail. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. Yo, everyone, peace. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.